Horton Hears a Who by Dr. Seuss. On the 15th of May, in the jungle of Newell, in the heat of the day, in the cool of the pool, he was splashing, enjoying the jungle's great joys, when Horton the elephant heard a small noise. So Horton stopped splashing. He looked towards the sound. That's funny, thought Horton. There's no one around. Then he heard it again, just a very faint yelp, as if some tiny person was calling for help. I'll help you said Horton, but who are you? Where? He looked and he looked. He could see nothing there, but a small speck of dust blowing past through the air. I say, murmured Horton, I've never heard tell of a small speck of dust that is able to yell. So you know what I think? Why, I think that there must be someone on top of that small speck of dust. Some sort of a creature of a very small size, too small to be seen by an elephant's eyes. And some poor little person who's shaking with fear that he'll be blow in the pool. He has no way to steer. I'll just have to save him because after all, a person's a person, no matter how small. So gently and using the greatest of care, the elephant stretched his great trunk through the air, and he lifted the speck and carried it over and placed it down safe on a very soft clover. Humph! humped a voice. Twas a sour kangaroo, and the young kangaroo in her pouch said, Humph! too. Why, that speck is as small as a head of a pin. A person on that? Why, there never has been. Believe me, said Horton, I tell you sincerely. My ears are quite keen, and I heard him quite clearly. I know there's a person down there, and what's more, quite likely there's two, even three, even four. Quite likely. A family for all that we know. A family with children just starting to grow. So please, Horton said, as a favor to me, try not to disturb them. Please, just let them be. <laughs> I think you're a fool laughed the sour kangaroo, and the young kangaroo in her pouch said, Me too! You're the biggest blame fool in the jungle of Newell! And the kangaroos plunged in the cool of the pool. Oh, what terrible splashing! The elephant frowned. I can't let my very small persons get drowned. I've got to protect them. I'm bigger than they. So he plucked up the clover, and he hustled away. Through the high jungled treetops, the news quickly spread. He talks to a dust speck. He's out of his head. Oh, just look at him walk with that speck on that flower. And Horton walked, worrying, almost an hour. Should I put the speck down? Horton thought with alarm. If I do, these small persons may come to great harm. I can't put it down, and I won't. After all, a person's a person, no matter how small. Then Horton stopped walking. The speck voice was talking. The voice was so faint he could barely hear it. Oh, speak up, please, said Horton, and he put his ear near it. My friend, came the voice, you're a very fine friend. You've helped all us folks on this dust speck no end. You've saved all our houses, our ceilings and floors. You've saved all our churches and grocery stores. Oh, you mean, Horton gasps. You have buildings there, too? 
Oh yes, piped the voice. We most certainly do. I know, called the voice. I'm too small to be seen, but I'm mayor of a town that is friendly and clean. Our buildings to you would seem terribly small, but to us who aren't big, they are wonderfully tall. My town is called Whoville, for I am a Who, and we Whos are all thankful and grateful to you. And Horton called back to the mayor of the town, "You're safe. Don't worry. I won't let you down." But just as he spoke to the mayor of the Speck, three big jungle monkeys climbed up Horton's neck. The Wickersham brothers came shouting, "What rot! This elephant's talking to who's who are not. There aren't any who's. They don't have a mayor. We're going to stop all this nonsense. So there." They snatched Horton's clover. They carried it off to a black-bottom eagle named Vlad Vladikov, a mighty strong eagle, a very swift wing. And they said, "Will you kindly get rid of this thing?" And before the poor elephant could even speak, that eagle flew off with the flower in his beak. All that late afternoon and far into the night, that black-bottom bird flapped his wings in fast flight, while Horton chased after with groans over stones. That tattered his toenails and battered his bones, and he begged, "Oh, please don't harm all my little folk, who have as much right to live as us bigger folk do." But far, far beyond him, the eagle kept flapping, and over his shoulder he called back, "Quit your yapping! I'll fly the night through. I'm a bird. I don't mind it. I'll hide this tomorrow, where you'll never find it." And at six fifty-six the next morning, he did. It sure was a terrible place that he hid it. He let that small clover drop somewhere inside of a great patch of clovers a hundred miles wide. Find that," sneered the bird. "But I think you will fail." And he left with a flap of his black-bottomed tail. "I'll find it," cried Horton. "I'll find it or bust. I shall find my friends on my small speck of dust." And clover by clover by clover, with care, he picked up and searched them and called, "Are you there?" But clover by clover by clover, he found that the one that he sought was just not around. And by noon, poor old Horton, more dead than alive, had picked, searched, and piled up nine thousand and five. And then, on through the afternoon, hour after hour, till he found them at last on the three millionth flower. Oh, my friends! cried the elephant. Tell me, do tell. Are you safe? Are you sound? Are you whole? Are you well? From down on the speck came the voice of the mayor. We've really had trouble, much more than our share. When that black-bottomed birdie let go and we dropped, we landed so hard that our clocks have all stopped. Our teapots are broken, our rocking chairs smashed, and our bicycle tires all blew up when we crashed. So, Horton, please," pleaded that voice of the mayor's, "will you stick by us, Hoos, while we're making repairs?" "Of course," Horton said. "Of course, I will stick. I'll stick by you, small folks, through thin and through thick." "Humph," humped a voice. "For almost two days, you've run wild and insisted on chatting with persons who've never existed." Such carrying-ons in our peaceable jungle. We've had quite enough of your bellowing bungle, and I'm here to state," snapped the big kangaroo, "that your silly, nonsensical game is all through." And the young kangaroo, kangaroo, in her pouch said, "Me too." 
with the help of the Wickersham with the help of the Wickersham brothers and dozens of Wickersham uncles and Wickersham cousins and Wickersham in laws whose help I've engaged, you're going to be roped and you're going to be caged. And as for your dustbeck, ha, huh, that we shall boil in hot steaming kettle of bezelnut oil. Boil it, gasped Horton. Oh, that you can't do. It's all full of persons. Uh, they'll prove it to you. Mr. Mayor, Mr. Mayor, Horton called. Mr. Mayor, you've got to prove now that you really are there. So call a big meeting. Get everyone out. Make every who holler. Make every who shout. Make every who scream. If you don't, every who is going to end up in the buzzle nut stew. And down on the dust speck, the scared little mayor, quick, called a meeting in the Whoville town square. And as people cried loudly, they cried out in fear, we're here, we're here, we're here, we're here. The elephant smiled. That was clear as a bell. You kangaroos surely heard that very well. All I heard, snapped the big kangaroo, was the breeze and the faint sound of wind through the far distant trees. I heard no small voices and you didn't either. And the young kangaroo in her pouch said, me neither. Grab him, they shouted, and cage the big dope. Lasso his stomach with ten miles of rope. Tie the knights tight, so he'll never shake loose. Then dunk the silly speck in the bezel nut juice. Horton fought back with great vigor and vim, but the Wickersham gang was too many for him. They beat him, they mauled him, they started to haul him into his cage, but he managed to call to the mayor. Don't give up, I believe in you all. A person's a person, no matter how small. And you very small persons will not have to die if you make yourselves heard. So come on now, try. And the mayor grabbed a tom-tom. He started to smack it. And all over Whoville they whooped up a racket. They rattled tin kettles. They beat on brass pans, on garbage pail tops and old cranberry cans. They blew on bazookas and blasted great toots on clarinets, oompas and boompas and flutes. Great gusts of loud racket rang high through the air. They rattled and shook the whole sky, and the mare called up through the howling mad hullabaloo. Hey, Horton, how's this? Is our sound coming through? And Horton called back, I can hear you just fine, but the kangaroo's ears aren't quite strong as mine. They don't hear a thing. Are you sure all your boys are doing their best? Are they all making noise? Are you sure every who down in Whoville is working? Quick, look through your town. Is anyone shirking? Through the town rushed the mare from the east to the west. But everyone seemed to be doing their best. Everyone seemed to be yapping or yipping. Everyone seemed to be bipping or bipping. But it wasn't enough, all this ruckus and roar. He had to find someone to help him make more. He raced through each building and he searched floor to floor. And just as he felt he was getting nowhere, and almost about to give up in despair, he suddenly burst through a door, and that mare discovered one shirker quite hidden away in the Fairfax Apartments, Apartment 12J, a very small, very small shirker named Jojo, was standing, just standing and bouncing a yo-yo, not making a sound, not a yip, not a chirp, and the mare rushed inside, and he grabbed the young twerp. And he climbed with the lad up the Eiffelberg Tower. 
this cried the mare is your town's darkest hour the time for all who's who have blood that is red to come to the age of their country he said we've got to make noise in greater amounts so open your mouth lad and for every voice counts thus he spoke as he climbed when they got to the top the lad cleared his throat and shouted yop and that yop that one small extra yacht put it over. Finally, at last, from the speck on that clover, their voices were heard. They rang out clear and clean, and the elephant smiled. Do you see what I mean? They proved they are persons, no matter how small, and their world was saved by the smallest of all. How true, yes, how true, said the big kangaroo. And from now on, you know what I'm planning to do? From now on, I'm going to protect them with you. And the young kangaroo in her pouch said, me too. From sun and the summer, from rain when it's fallish, I'm going to protect them, no matter how smallish. What's that? That's the kangaroos helping Horton cover up the speck and keep it safe. The end. <laughs>